Hi there, I'm Randy Heckman. Welcome to the Grand Awakening Podcast. Folks, our desire is that we can incline the heart of our Sovereign Lord to pour out His Spirit in power, reviving His Church here in West Michigan, but also in our state and our nation, and then leading to a great spiritual awakening all for His glory. But for that to happen, it's just critical that first we listen to what God is saying to us and that we quickly and cheerfully respond to his instructions in humble obedience. We welcome today Pastor John Guiney. What a pleasure to introduce a friend, somebody I've gotten to know uh, better recently. His name is John Guiney. He serves as the pastor of Faith Baptist Church here in Kentwood, Michigan. Uh, suburb of Grand Rapids. So, John, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, brother. It's good to be with you. And uh, let me just give a little bit more background about John. Uh, he's, as you will tell, since his speech, he, he he's originally from the United Kingdom, UK, England, uh, born right near London. Uh, but he moved to Grand Rapids with his wife, Stacy, and eight, eight children, September 2016. His undergraduate is in theology from Westminster College in Oxford, England. Following on that, uh, he studied at Cornhill in a one-year intensive of biblical exegesis, and he previously served as the pastor of a a couple places, one of those, Fifth Avenue Baptist Church in Rome, Georgia. He was associate minister at the Holy Redeemer Church in South London, and as a youth worker at Christ Church in East London. And I like this. You describe your passions. I don't know if these are in order. You'll have to explain that a little bit. <laughs> Jesus, that's good. His family, that's good. Preaching, good. Then he puts coffee. Look at, oh, oh he's drinking it right there. Coffee <laughs> and pro-life apologetics. Uh, he's also got a little sense of humor, I have found. Uh, he's also a diehard Arsenal soccer fan. I have no clue what you're talking about when you talk about Arsenal soccer, but I'm sure you'll explain that. And uh, he, again, is available for talking to him, uh, their, their email address, faithon44th.com. But again, John, thank you for spending some time with us this, this day to talk it's about pleasure, revival and talk about what God really wants to say to the church in America. Mm. And uh, yeah. again, I had time, a sweet time with you talking yesterday and getting to know you a little bit better and your heart. And uh, so what, what brought you guys to the United States, just to start with, you know, from England and uh, whatever, but what brought you to the United States in 2016? Well, my, um, my wife is originally from Rome, Georgia. And oh. so uh, before we uh, got married, we talked about having children and where we would like to raise them. And um, my wife's parents are both believers. And so we said um, that we would like to raise our children closer to them. Um, we had our first three children uh, in London, where I began my ministry, but then uh, my visa work, my paperwork came through in, in 2008, and then we, we moved across to, to Rome, Georgia then, so that's uh, been a while, but uh, we, uh, we, uh, we wanted to, to be closer to our family. Mm-hmm. So you've been in the U.S. for a number of years, and uh, is this kind of where you permanently feel God is calling you to live, as far as mm-hmm. best you know? As best I know, I, it's always a, 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 a heart-tearing situation, brother, because there are times, as Paul describes, you look over the fence and yes. pastors look greener on the other side. And sure. I was just actually recently back in the UK and uh-huh. 
there's there's parts of the UK that I miss, but I, I think um, as one of my mentors, David Jackman, uh, told me, he said, I, I think God has the pieces on the board exactly where he wants them. And I think I'm where God wants me to be right now. Well, that's great. Well, we're so glad you're in our area in West Michigan. And as you know, our ministry is involved in revival, awakening, prayer, obedience. And uh, what God has put on, on our heart, of course, is, you know, okay, we've been praying for revival for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Where is it? What, what's going on? Um, yeah. what, what is your sense of uh, the health of the church here in America at this point in time? What, what would you, what kind of diagnosis would you give based on what you've observed as again, as someone originally from UK, but living mm-hmm. in this country as a pastor who, who really has alert antennas based on my uh, contacts with you as to what, what's under the surface? What would you say, John? I guess there's a few different things. Um, People often ask me kind of what's the difference between uh, doing gospel ministry in the UK, where I think the UK is probably 20 years further down the road of a lack of gospel witness uh, Mm. to where America is. And so all the patterns of the last 20 years in the UK, I I see happening here. Um, And one of those is that in the UK, because we're 20 years ahead from Mm -hmm. uh, where you are, is that in the, the United Kingdom, my gospel mission was always to convince people of their need for the gospel. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the Bible Belt in the South and, and here in kind of West Michigan, where Grand Rapids used to be called the Little Jerusalem. That's right. My ministry is much more um, uh, showing people how they've misunderstood the gospel. And mm-hmm. so um, my life's mission is uh, to cure people of the plague of biblical ignorance. And I, and I think amongst the church themselves, uh, the church congregations themselves, I, I think the the biggest issue is a lack of, of biblical understanding of how to read, how to understand, how to rightly teach the Bible. Um, and I think what that's created is is what I describe as a kind of veneer, a very paper thin uh, Christian culture. But when it's challenged to the words of Jesus to take up the cross and to follow him, I, mm. I see very little sacrifice of people mm. willing to lay down their lives like our brothers and sisters in the in the Far East and in um other parts of the world and and i see very little um of the gospel coming through into the culture of people's homes with families and their decisions and in finances and so um yeah i i think uh, it's interesting to me because i when COVID first hit we were going through the book of habakkuk and in the the beginning of that book god says to the prophet uh, i'm going to do something that even if i told you you wouldn't believe it mm-hmm. and i think through COVID, I, I think God has been stripping away the church to try and deal with us being complacent and yes. us taking for granted the freedoms yes. that if the apostle Paul had it, if any of the apostles had it, would uh, just thrive in, in in being all out for the gospel because of all the opportunities we have. And I, I think the, the yeah. church in, in America is, is just dead to um, what the opportunities that God has given us. And therefore I think God is chastising the church as a father yeah. disciplines his son. And I agree. So with I think you. you're going to see a sifting of those yeah. who are genuinely sacrificial believers and those who have, have just been along for one of a better term, just along for the ride. All right. That's, that's powerful. Let me give you some statistics here. They were in the wall street journal yesterday. Okay. And uh, in fact, it was a, a cover story a little bit on the bottom of the page, but it talked about how the church uh, is declining and has been declining in, in America uh, mm-hmm. and since 2007 to 2000, 
21, 14 mm. years, uh, those Americans who identify with being Christian, it was 78% in 2007. It is now 63%. So a decline of uh, 15%. And those that claim no religion between 2007 and 2021 grew from 16% to 29%. So the mm-hmm. nuns, you know, N-O-N-E, is growing. And those who claim or identify with Christianity declining. But even those who identify with Christianity I mean, how much of the Bible do they really know? How much of the Bible do they really study? And as you point out, that scripture from, uh, well, one place is Luke 9, 23. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross. How often? Daily and follow me. And we said, well, yeah, but I'm an American Christian. And, you know, we, you know, we, 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 you know, we, we deserve, you know, peace and ease and comfort and you know the cottage and the vacation and you know all this stuff oh yeah and we go to church you know a couple times a month and you know we put some money in the offering plate we're good to go is that what you're talking about as far as the shallowness of christianity in america yeah i and just to put it as simply as jesus did i i think the 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 love of god being above and beyond all things so that we don't make um, anything else, our comforts, our place of security, uh, the thing that we run to. I, I think um, if God was truly those things, I think that, uh, mm-hmm. for example, that James one twenty seven says, pure religion is this, the one that loves the orphans and widows. When I look at how many congregations there are in Grand Rapids, yeah. and then I look at the statistics of how many children need foster care placement and how many children need adopting, if every church in Grand Rapids just took 2%, mm-hmm. 2% of their population and 2% of their budget, they would cure the foster placement issue in the greater Grand Rapids area overnight. Yeah. Over. Totally. But the fact that that's not happened right. is a sign to me that we don't have the pure religion yeah. that James is talking about that God is pleased to see mm-hmm. because we... Yeah. We're not sacrificing in, right. in those ways. We're not That's giving right. in those ways. Yep. And the root of that mm-hmm. is because God is not truly our primary love. That's right. He's, That's right. He's secondary. He's Sunday. He's um, when it is needed in an emergency because of medical issues. Um, yep. That's right. He's He's not the place of love, peace, wow. security, comfort that we go to yep. um, in our life. Let's go down that road just a little bit further, the whole welfare role. Do you know Marvin Olasky? Does that name ring a bell with you? No, sir. He wrote a book called The Tragedy of American Compassion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a converted Jewish guy, came to faith in Christ, but wrote this book about how the church used to be the welfare system in America. Mm-hmm. As the, you know, the, the ships would dock in New York City, it would be Christians for the most part who would take in these folks mm-hmm. and they would help them. But it, would, it was kind of a tough love thing. They said, men, we will help you as long as you will chop wood for other needy people. Women, we will help you as long as you sew clothes for other needy people. And the first job opening that you have, gentlemen, you're going to take. And if they said no, they said, okay, then come back to me when you're ready. But then they would also teach them the scripture, teach them the gospel, change hearts. But along came, you know, the, the welfare state, the great society and so on. Oh, that's government's problem to take care of, again, these needy kids in foster care and, and uh, uh, you know, needy people and so on. And uh, the church, 
eh, it's just all about us. And we measure success typically in our churches in America, don't we? By are the seats filled and is the budget made? And do we have the building paid for or whatever? And uh, rather than, come on, what did Jesus say in, in the Great Commission? All authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. Therefore, go. Don't play defense. Go make disciples. We, mm -hmm. we haven't been doing that very well, have we, John? No, and I think part of that is the premise of model. Right? And so... Um, yeah. We, we tend to think of, of Jesus and the New Testament and what we're supposed to do as a church as, as something a little kind of ethereal that we have to feel it out and it's mysterious and the yeah. will of God. And right. we hear people using the language of, of, um, of God is telling me or this is what God has said. I, right. I find that language pretty strange because I have, um, or believers have, as a, as a manual, it's called the Bible. Yeah. Um, and when Jesus says, go and make disciples, he, he gave us the model of that. Uh, and this is what I find mm. um, most bizarre is that Jesus went out to the crowds. Yep. So people in public places, then he had a, a smaller group of 70 that we might consider kind of the, the church that he was reaching of a, of a larger group. And then he had the 12, yep. his small group. Right. Then he had the three of James, Peter and John. Mm -hmm. And then he had the one beloved. You have John. And yep. what I see in that and what I, can never find as any bedlam model which given it was god incarnate that was doing it you're not going to is the model of what mature believers are supposed to do okay we're supposed to be good. part of the community yes part of a church within that community part of a, a small group community within that church that mm -hmm. we are closer with that we share life with more yes yes and even in that we've got a smaller group yep. of really close friends and i'll get on to what that word friendship means in just a second okay but then we as individual believers mm -hmm. are always meant to be making disciples and the word disciple means to literally make a mold of make yeah. a mold of, sure. of christ in you into somebody else yeah and jesus modeled that to us and so one of the questions we have to ask ourselves as christians as part of churches is who am i either being discipled by or am i discipling because if this is Jesus's model and if Jesus spent three years intensively doing this and this is what impacted the mm -hmm. world so that yeah. a British man and an American man are now having a conversation about the gospel over yes. 2000 years later has made. Yes. yes. Why do I want to reinvent the wheel with um, overly complicated programmatic uh, and thematic um, peaks and troughs of what is fashionable for the church to do when when the manual tells me, no, the, the model's really simple. The model is really simple of going, making disciples, be in a community, be within a church within that community, mm. be within a smaller community of a small group, yes. be in a smaller group than that, where you have genuine friends. And, and what I mean by friends is this brother is that we use the word friendship with Facebook and saying, right. I, I go to this place to work and I have friends. I want to say, and I think we're beginning to learn this because of COVID shutdown and be, being isolated mm -hmm. a friend, according to the, 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 the book of Proverbs, is somebody who's closer than a brother. A friend is somebody you spend time with. A, spend, a friend is somebody that you would sacrifice for, they would sacrifice for. A friend is somebody who knows you intimately and can yeah. challenge you and yes. encourage you, yes. Romans 12. I love it. And I, I think real friendship is something we need to learn to understand and appreciate again. Yeah. And I think most people only have a maximum of around three to five friends mm. at most. Yeah. The reason why I say that is, to have that genuine nature of relationship, 
Mm. You can't have the time or energy or capacity to have more than five real friends in your right. life. Right. Because otherwise they're not deep enough to then be defined as, as friends according yes. to the book of Proverbs. So yes. I, I think there's there's a gonna be a shakeup if we're going to become a healthier church again to uh to be able to change the world and impact our culture in a very meaningful way mm. um and i think we've we've lost the model that our lord and savior gave us i i think those are good good points and you know this this thing of being the american christian that you know it's all about me and i deserve and i'm entitled mm. to and uh, it's just supposed to be easy and i'm supposed to be respected by my culture and so on and so on I mean, I can find those attitudes in this guy, me. Absolutely. And uh, and it's a daily, you know, that's why he says in Luke 9, 23, to daily take up that cross. I mean, it's it's every day saying, Lord, I I I, I flatline myself. I, I do not deserve, I deserve hell. It's really what I deserve. And mm-hmm. you've been so I'm a trophy of grace. And Lord, just mm-hmm. fill me up and you use me for your glory today. And when during the day I, you know, somebody runs, you know, in front of me on the road and I get mad and so on, it's just a sign to me, oh, I've, I've taken the reins again. So what, what uh, I mean, you're talking about friendship and, and again, that, that makes me think, I mean, to me, for me to, to maximum growth, I've got to be in the word daily. I've got to be praying mm-hmm. daily, not just mm-hmm. help me, help me, help me, bless this food, goodbye, but to be mm-hmm. in his presence and that takes time and effort and and concentration. But to pray and not just read the Bible and say, "Oh, check, 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 check." But Lord, teach me. What do you want to say to me today? And mm-hmm. then to me, at least once a week, to have that friend, to have that life-on-life relationship mm-hmm. with somebody mm-hmm. that's got the guts, that loves me enough that they can talk to me about the blind spots in my life. And I can talk yeah. to them about the blind spots in their life because we love him above all, but we also love each other. Amen. And, then, yeah. and then be available to, to be a channel of, of talking to others about Jesus, those that mm. know him to help them grow and those that don't know him to, to get to know him. And, and as it says, you know, in Ephesians 5.18, to be daily filled with the spirit of the living God. So those are kind of my things anything you want to add to the to those items in your own life yeah just a a couple of things feeling prompted to say i i think we have to widen the category to not just american christians but to to western christians okay um, where materialism is Mm -hmm. is higher than the majority of the world so i would include britain i would include australia in that yes Um, yes i i also am very cautious of we as uh, Western Christians, um, uh, and I, I don't want anybody to listen to this and get the sense of, of us being um, like the two old guys in the Muppets that sat in the in the box, that we're being grumpy about everybody else. Exactly. And, and we don't exactly. Realize. We 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 need him every day too, don't we, John? Absolutely. And so I, I'm I'm challenged as to um, the credibility of my own walk with the Lord and the yes. godliness. Um, to go back to the Book of James again. Um, one of the most convicting verses in the Bible for me is, do you not know that friendship with the world is, is enmity or hatred towards God? Isn't that amazing? Uh, Yes. uh, uh, And James follows it up with draw near to him and he will draw near to you uh, Mm -hmm. because of God's grace. And so I, I constantly have to be stopped by God um, through reading his word to remember how holy he is, how unholy I am. And then to 
pour out thanks to God because of uh, his his daily grace and mercy to me to forgive me and and I, I think there's a there's a there's a heart and a mindset and a humility to that that I have to remind myself of I'm I'm somebody that loves to study yes but I have to remind myself all the time the knowledge I have and the, the love of the word I have mm-hmm. should always be overtaken by the increase in grace and humility that I then live out in my life because yes. the only reason I know what the Bible says is is not because I'm somehow more elite or better, but it's a gift of God. Amen. So with, with greater knowledge should also come greater humility oh. and, and a greater desire to see those that we love to, to grow and love the Lord too. And, and I, I think we, um, we have to be incredibly careful that we don't be grumpy about the state of the world, the state of I the totally church. I totally agree. Yes. We have to be um, gracious and humble and joyful too. I love that, John. You know, John, there's a lot more that I want to talk about, but we try to keep these things to about 30 minutes. Okay. Um, I don't know if you have time today to continue to chat um, or we can mm-hmm. set up another time, but it would be fun. But I think I'd appreciate you closing us in prayer at this point mm. and uh, we'll pick it up again. Okay. Let me pray. Yes. Uh, Father, our, our heart should weep for Grand Rapids and for the West um, in the same way that uh, as Jesus just wept over the city as he stood outside of it, Lord, um, hmm. it's um, a tragedy when your own people that have your word in their hands um, uh, do not let that seed of your words very deep to produce a harvest that's 30, 60, 100 fold over what was originally sown. Hmm. And Father, I bless you and I, I praise you for those who shared the gospel with us. I praise you for the shoulders of the giants that we stand on that uh, were leading the way in the gospel just one or two generations before us. And Father, we know that uh, for the problems that are in the world, it cannot be solved by the government. It cannot be solved by money. Mm. It can only be solved by Jesus being Lord of our lives and Lord of the lives of those who we know and love around us. And so, Father, please help us to be grounded on the rock that is you and your words. Mm. Help that to be a firmness beneath our feet but when trials and tribulations come so that as the storm hits, we are not shaken. We are not moved because Jesus, you are our rock and our salvation and your word is a lamp unto our feet. Mm. So father bless us with the hunger for the word, a hunger for prayer, for righteousness. Yes. And father, for all those who are believers, uh, bring them to wanting more and more godliness in their lives because you are sanctifying them. And father, for anybody that's not listening, I pray that you'd break the, shadows of darkness and death over their eyes and ears so that they would hear the gospel and be given a new heart and a new mind to love you with all of their soul lord to to know of jesus and to know what it means to walk with him and so father bless our time we pray in everything that comes from it lord in jesus name amen 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 john thank you so much thank you brother thank you Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.